Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, I know so many people ask us, you know, uh, on shows, what do we do about my loved one's stuff and after they die and when do you clean the closet and all that kind of thing. And we have got an expert on today that's going to talk to us about those kinds of issues. Heidi, would you like to introduce her? I'd love to. And like you said, this is a very big topic. Um, I've seen relationships break up over this Mm -hmm. and we are certainly excited to have an expert with us on. We are interviewing Elaine Birchall. And Elaine has an MSW, Master's in Social Work, as do I. Uh, She is a hoarding behavior specialist and a clutter coach. And she is the author of Conquer the Clutter, Strategies to Identify, Manage, and Overcome Hoarding. I love this. Okay, welcome to the show, Elaine. Thank you very much, Heidi. Can I just say I'm a co-author. Suzanne Cronkite is my co-author, wonderful technical writer master project manager uh, and editor so (laughs) awesome very good and and you're from canada i am i am yes i'm i live in ottawa uh, which is the capital city of canada and i have a practice um, as far as toronto area and i do distance counseling all around the world Mm -hmm. wow well it's it's a big issue you know um I know situations uh, where people have decided not to get married or to get married or have a relationship uh, with someone where there's been a loss and there's all this stuff in the house, they can't handle it. Uh, Other situations where people, someone dies and people start bringing stuff into the house and, you know, um, what's this all about anyway? Well, in the case of inherited stuff, inherited items, um, it's about having to make decisions that um, are not appropriate to the state of profound grief you're in. Um, and so, you know, it's not the time to be deciding what part of mom you're not going to embrace, you're going to let go of, in addition to just having lost the person themselves. And people get overwhelmed and they get stuck. Um, And there really aren't very many good sources of informed support about exactly what kind of state of mind you're in. And uh, it can work two ways, Gloria. You can um, keep too much stuff, but you can also let go of too much stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you're not making what I call I can live with it decisions. And sometimes those are compromises, right? I can live with it decisions. And you're going to replace those things in some way that is probably not in your best interest. Mm -hmm. I can live with it decisions. I like that. But one of the problems is the I, because there are more than you involved. There are kids involved and there are other family members involved. And and some people want to get rid of everything and some people want to save everything. It's a good time though to give yourself permission and I understand what you're saying. None of us, even if we're 
unmarried live in isolation okay we're in a context of our life right and so but you are the person who is mourning mm -hmm. and so it's you first mm -hmm. not you finally but you first mm -hmm. and so people can make poor really poor unfortunate decisions when they're trying to be too compliant or too agreeable or they're so stuck in the experience of acute grief that anybody else can practically do anything to them because it just washes over you don't want to complicate the grief by perhaps the most unlikely looking thing being something that would have been a treasure that you would have held on to i know for instance when my mother died of um cancer of lung cancer and i was with her all the time and at the hospital and juggling jobs and kids and marriage and you know everything else and um i because because i i guess with my social work background and all the life experience that led me to choose social work um i did some thinking ahead of time and that was, I'm not a minimalist, but I did some thinking ahead of time. And luckily there were five children in our family. So there were more people to pick things than just one or two. Um, and I decided, what did I want? And I thought I wanted the things that I did the most with her. And so I have her purse, which she looked for endlessly. Elaine, where's my purse? I had her wedgie shoes. Elaine, where are my wedgies? Mm -hmm. And I had her glasses. Elaine, where are my glasses? Yeah, I, love All right. <laughs> I have those and I have them on a shelf in my bedroom. And if there was a fire along with the people and the pets, those would be the next things. I also, <laughs> my dad dying, I have a vest that she crocheted and it's got his name, um, in a label on the in my mother's printing and that was a love thing she did for my father because he also had um a, an extended death if you lose people quickly this is exactly what can happen and i say give yourself permission to put yourself on pause and if there's any way possible that you can do it that, and if only if you feel the need, not everybody processes grief the same way. If you feel that need, give yourself permission for a good three to six months. If remove the things that you can't decide about to a storage unit, but mm -hmm. give yourself a date with oh, resolution. Oh, I can't believe you're saying storage unit. I've heard there are thousands and thousands of storage, hundreds of thousands of storage units that people don't go into. <laughs> and so they use them for a different purpose though, Gloria. The important point here is you give yourself a date mm -hmm. that now at this point, and you make yourself accountable to somebody who loves you and respects and understands you. This is not a forever. Three months for sure, because the shock is still just with you at three months. And now, but you're now you're starting to find yourself. You've got a date with this, and somebody's going to make you accountable. This isn't going to go. I, on I like forever. this. I like this idea because you're still saving everything, but you're just moving it to a different location until you have more time on your hands to figure out what you want. Because the problem is, once you get rid of something, there's no getting it back. Exactly. And you know, initially, we kind of don't know. Like you said, we're in such grief. We don't know what do we want. What do we? What don't we want? We can make choices that we regret later. Absolutely. And here's the thing about that. If you make a decision 
that you regret later. It's not mm -hmm. an I can live with it decision. If you have any vulnerability for hoarding, this is the time that that vulnerability is going to mm. cave in on you. All right. Many people were born hoarders. There was some incident that they didn't realize they had a vulnerability hanging in the wings. Wow. Right. They didn't understand how to identify what their vulnerabilities for hoarding were. Once you get overwhelmed, you're not in a state of mind to be able to avoid the hoarding. And I, I like the idea about a temporary storage unit because it respects you. It respects who you are. The, it prioritizes the experience you're having and you can just take care of yourself. One of the things that um, I think so many of my clients tell me this is true, Elaine, why is it always easier when you're here? Or why is it always easier when there's two people because you're not alone with it, that's why. You're not alone with it. Even if nobody else is picking it up, you're not alone with it. Alone is a bad state when you're feeling vulnerable and overwhelmed. So every person needs, can benefit from um, somebody that they're close to who does not have opinions that they feel the necessity to express. They're not going to tell you what to do. They're not going to advise you. They're going to be there to feed you back your own criteria, to play it back for you. You said the most important things were this. Not to ask you to be accountable, just so that you can be reminded, okay, that's right, and keep you focused. I say you, there are two ways to do things, all right, and it depends on whether you're a task-focused person or a process first, a process person. If you're a task focused, you're a doer, just pick it up and get it done. Then we'll play this out one way. If you're a process person, you need a, one extra step when you kind of are in the murky area and you're not sure and you're starting to lose your focus. So take, consider a continuum from one to 10, all right? In three chunks, one, two, three, prior top priorities these are things that when you look at them regardless of how much they cost they could cost nothing i love this oh or you just have an aesthetic appeal to it let's go to the other end of the spectrum because that's the next easiest seven eight nine ten seven eight nine ten are those things that you look at and think well, you know, in an ideal world, you know, and I could use that for this, or that's too good to get rid of, but mm, I don't really want it. You don't love it. You don't need it. You don't particularly like it. But basically, you're saying to yourself, if something has to go, it sure is not going to be the one, two, threes. That's going to be from that pile. All right. It's the four, five, sixes that give people trouble. Mm. And so what I say is, Trust yourself. Respect yourself. Get the best example of the number one and the best example of the number seven. And just like a Geiger counter, go by your heart. First go by your heart, then go by your head. This is the way you're going to figure out where are the fours that are kind of almost threes. And you know, the truth is, Gloria, in most cases, most environments, unless you're going to profoundly downsize, most environments will support your one, two, three, fours. The sixes are going to be those things that are closer to the seven, right? They're going to be like, uh, it's not that they're not important, but set those 
a side the other way. Now we got the fives. And the truth is, I ask people at this point to reflect on who are you today? You today moving forward. Who are you today moving forward versus who you were? Then I ask people to consider really truly at this point in whatever point of grief or loss or whatever it is you're, you're living, which is in your best interest? Are you better at this point staying on the past side? You're not quite finished with it? Mm -hmm. Or are you better making room for the future by not dragging so much of the past with you? Then go back and look at what is really troubling you about, because you've already sorted out the one, two, threes. They're staying. Right, right. Okay? So basically you're looking at the fours, maybe some of the fives. Do the one, two, three again. Break it down. So of these things, what are closest to the ones? What questions would you ask yourself? Would it make a difference if you could find the perfect home for this? But just consider is that the things that are excess to need for you are going to speak to somebody. I want to take the time now to, to tell people where they can find you and your website and where they can get your fabulous book. Virtual Consulting, B-I-R-C-H-A-L-L Consulting. Um, it's on hoarding, H-O-A-R-D-I-N-G dot C-A. Um, the office number is 613-492-0700. Um, and the book, uh, Conquer the Clutter, is available on any Amazon around the world and through the Johns Hopkins University Press site, which they there's a link on hoarding.ca to your local bookstores. Um, and we would love to help you if you feel you need the help. Elaine, you're amazing. Thank you. Uh, I, lo I love what you're doing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And thank thanks, you. everybody, for uh, watching and listening to the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.